So I, I kind of had this idea of a message in August sort of time. <laughs> um, well, I, I wrote it in August, um, and it's only kind of got to now to actually preach it. So it's not really linked into anything else we're doing at the moment, but um, the main point of what we're talking about is when someone asks you the question, what should you do? And the three answers I've got that we as Christians in particular will do is, you know, we have three options. We can you know, overdo it, underdo it, and do it. So I'm saying don't overdo it, don't underdo it, just do it. And I'm going to explain what all that means in a minute. So if you're anything like me, you probably wonder what you should do. You know, none of us have got it totally 100% sussed. Um, we might ask our spouses or our friends, like in the Jungle Book, you might ask like the vultures, what do you want to do? Don't know, what are we going to do? I was glad, Phil, you were here, but then my wife, Hannah, said, he's not from Liverpool, <laughs> so this doesn't w that joke doesn't work, Mike. And I said, I won't mention it, it's fine. Um, and it's like, <laughs> so we might ask each other, what do you want to do? Sounds similar, doesn't it? Um, or what most of us will go to in this situation is we'll ask Google um, what we should do. Um, so that's what I did. I literally, yesterday, I, I started typing some things into Google, and this explains a lot of how I use my computer at home. So a simple one, how can I? And the answer is, well, how can I make money, lose weight, stop snoring, you know, all things I've searched for <laughs> in, the, uh, <laughs> in the past week. Um, also, why do I? So this, this one came up with a few more questions, which I might have to ask Google, because... Um, so we've got like, why do I feel dizzy, sick, get ulcers? You notice I've blotted two of these out. You'll see in a minute why. Why do I feel tired, feel sick? Why do I cry, cry so easily? Um, all these are questions I wouldn't, I'd be going to the doctors first rather than that. Now, I think I can answer these two, um, what, <laughs> which are genuinely, I'm not even going to, I am going to, should I say the word on the tape? No, no, no. I, I think I can answer these two. And firstly, I don't know why. They both appeared in my list, but I can imagine one of, the, one of the reasons why you might keep doing that thing is because you're trying to prepare a sermon and you've never preached before. Um, so that's just, a, that's just a potential reason. Um, now, this is a, well, this, I realize this, this is a leading question, see if your name's David. Where are my, um, you know, when, oh, when am I? When are my bins collected? Bin, that's quite normal, isn't it? Then it gets a bit weird. It's like, when are my puppies due? Um, now, if, maybe if you've got a really clever dog who's online, and also, when are my potatoes ready? Now, this, this, is, this is something I would be checking before putting them on. <laughs> I go, check them in a pan, Google, when are my potatoes ready? Um, so there we are, that's, the, that's all the funny bits. Um, so you can leave now if that's what you came for. No. Um, so we might also, we might, see, we might ask our conscience. So we might go, I really, you know, you know when you really should do something. So I know if there's a pile of washing up at home, I should really load the dishwasher. And we might, as a last resort, sometimes as Christians, ask God. We might pray about it. Um, we might, and I put here, we might pray a prayer of panic. Of like, oh God, what do I, what do, I do now? What do I do? Um, or we might sort of just pray that God would give us you know, a seek, yeah, help us to seek what he wants us to do. So those, that's probably what we should do. Um, so how should we respond and act to things that happen in our lives? We can just sit around and we can say, I'm going to let God be God. Um, or should we, should we try and fix everything before Jesus comes again? Like a kind of a worried 
child who's broken a plate before their parents come home and got the glue and they're trying to, you know, um, to panic and get things fixed. So the Bible is very clear that although God doesn't need us to act, in other words, he's God no matter what we do, he chooses to use us and we're able to do things that further God's plans for humanity. So God doesn't need us to act, but he chooses to use us to... um, to do things um, in his plans for um, humanity. So Deuteronomy 12 says, see that you do all that I commanded you, do not add to it or take away. It says, so it's God saying here, do all that I commanded you to do. And then in Luke, because I told you I was gonna mention Luke, um, (laughs) blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So it's about hearing God's word and obeying it. So as we're talking about not overdoing it, not underdoing it, just doing it and stuff, there's a caveat to start with, and that's, to be clear, is that the gospel is good news, and that means that we're saved 100% now. So all of this stuff I'm talking about, should, what should we do, none of it applies to God um, saving us and us being saved. So I'm not in any way saying you have to earn your forgiveness, nothing like that. So... God's, yeah, the word saved really is the key to this. It's like a person drowning at sea um, and waiting for the RNLI. You know, God does all the work. We simply need to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and that's it. We need to, you don't need to work to achieve God's favor um, over and over again, or even once, you know, it's, it's been done by Jesus for us. Um, I've got a bit here, which is really... <laughs> Yeah, I was going to potentially leave it. I'm going to talk about it. It's basically, I'm, ass- I'm not assuming everybody in the room's a Christian at this point because I just want to talk about what the gospel actually is as well. So the Bible tells us we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans 3.23, the, cro- the requirement of that is 100% sin-free, you know, but the Bible says all have fallen short. All of us are infected with sin since Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the beginning. That's really bad news. That's not good news. Um, (laughs) So that excludes us from God. With Adam and Eve, they were thrown out of the perfect Garden of Eden. Um, Work, childbirth, etc. would cause pain. There was no way they could earn their way back to God by what they were doing. Even God even put a huge angel with a sword Um, by the garden so they couldn't come back in so they fell short and we fall short Um, but there's one that didn't fall short and that's God sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission which is amazing news you see God sent Jesus who led a 100% sinless life he was tempted never gave into it he took our sin on himself nailed to a cross suffering a painful horrible drawn out agonizing death um, taking our sins past present future to the grave The sinless man of Jesus took on sin um, and gave us his pureness, sinful, sinless life in return. Um, So what do we need to do to be saved? We need to ask Jesus to be our savior and that's it, really. Um, We don't need to pay a fee every week or sacrifice animals or feel guilty or read our Bible more. We just need to accept um, Jesus as our Lord and that's the good news. So... I just wanted to include that bit in this in case people here maybe weren't saved or it's a nice reminder for those of us who are. So as we look at what we should do, 
we need to remember that as Christians, as I said, Jesus has already paid it all for us in 100%. So I think that we fall loosely into one of these three categories. And we might flit about between them at times. So we've got, we underdo it, which is laziness. So it's like, someone else will do it. God will do it. I'm not skilled enough, so I won't bother trying. That kind of attitude. We overdo it. So we must do more to gain favor with God. And that's religion with a little r. Um, you know, we, we need to do more to get God's favor, or we just do it. And this is faith. We trust God. We don't worry about what others are going to think um, within reason, obviously, and we step out in faith. So I think God would speak to us um, in each of these three ways. And I know we, we may even flit about these different parts of our lives, different things that we're um, struggling with or decisions we're trying to make. So, don't overdo it. Uh, don't underdo it. See, I've already got these the wrong way around. Don't overdo it. There we are. <laughs> um, so Jesus paid it all. Um, when we try to add to this, we end up breaking it completely. So Jesus plus works equals failure. You know, Jesus plus money or keeping some rules or reading our Bibles for exactly 30 minutes a day or Jesus plus serving in a certain area in church, they don't actually get us any closer to God. Um, When we try to add to Jesus, we actually take away from what Jesus did and turn it back to us trying to earn our way to God. Um, Now, there's nothing wrong with the things I mentioned. Serving is a good idea. Um, You know, actually making money is good because you can pay mortgages and stuff like that. Um, But they're not going to save us because, as we said earlier, Jesus has already already done that Um, because if we put our faith in these Jesus plus things when they don't live up to our expectations we feel crushed so if you're always expecting to you know to to make lots of money and you suddenly lose your job even as a Christian that makes you crushes you because you're putting your faith in you know Jesus plus money not just um, just Jesus so what I'm saying is we don't try and overdo it by trying to add to what Jesus has already done Um, it's a bit like if I, I went out for a really nice meal on um, Friday at work. Um, it's the only reason I went into work on a Friday. I normally work from home. But we went to the chapel in Cardiff, and it was like 35, 40 pound a head with wine and stuff as well. So work paid for it, and there was about six of us there. So it was, I was like, this is, good. This is a nice meal. Um, and I didn't tell anybody I'd paid for it at all because that would be wrong. But I can imagine if I gave like a two pound tip and then went around telling people, oh, I pay for lunch, I've got this, guys, don't worry. <laughs> no, it's £240, but I pay for it, it's fine. You know, it's that kind of equivalent. It's like saying, you know, you're trying to add this tiny, piddly amount of money onto a huge bill that you can't possibly afford, and then saying that you've had something to do with it. And I think a lot of this comes into anxiety as well. I think you know, Matthew says about not worrying about tomorrow, for tomorrow, worry about itself. Each day has enough of its own troubles. Um, and also, I think, for, again from Luke, <laughs> um, we need to be, this is, right, it's a, a, we, we'll all know this passage, I'm going to read it out anyway, and I'm just saying we need to be a bit more like Mary, because it's about Mary and Martha, so let's look here. Um, Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, 
listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, this isn't to say that we shouldn't do housework and, and stuff like that, but I just feel like sometimes we need to, particularly as we're coming up to Christmas and as we're worrying about all the stuff that's going on in our lives, we need to be a little bit more like Mary and kind of just take a deep breath, listen to God, take a step back from life. Um, it's about choosing to spend time with God and choosing not to be distracted by the day-to-day work because the thing is as we all know at any stage of life we're in like that will be there every day you know when I leave work at six o'clock next day there's more work to do it's just it's the fall as we were kind of talking about earlier you know so I also think that I think Martha's intentions aren't bad she's not she's not deliberately avoiding Jesus she just wants to be as close to perfection as she can um, and that's how it feels, I think, sometimes when we try and earn our place with God. We try and be better, so we'll, um, we'll end up, you know, pleasing God. So, sometimes when we overthink things, we risk taking God out of the equation entirely, um, as I said. So, and we, we, we end up with, like, backup plans of a plan on a plan. And, and when I was at uni, um, I did computer science. And one of my tasks when I was at university was to write a, a game of noughts and crosses. So the you could play noughts and crosses against the computer and, you know, see who won. Um, and I remember that if I made the computer think ahead too much, it went ahead like, you know, four, four or more moves, it would always win. Because with noughts and crosses, there's a very finite number of moves, only nine squares. Um, so I had to make sure it only thought like, one or two steps ahead, or we could never win. Um, and that made the game quite boring. Um, so when we overthink things, we're like that computer. We're never satisfied until we have every little move planned out. Um, and it, not only does it take away the fun, like Martha found out, she was trying to probably just plan all this stuff, because you have people coming around for dinner, and the house is a mess, and, you know, um, it means we push God out the equation, because we're not even thinking about God, you know, we think we've got it covered, so that's overdoing it, okay, so we underdo it, laziness, can I be bothered to talk about that, yes, um, that was a joke about laziness, um, the Bible is clear that we shouldn't just coast along, um, as we've seen, we can't make ourselves more saved, but, you know, I'm married and i know that you know people know that and people was looking shocked for a minute then um i'm married and i know that i can't make hannah love me anymore by doing stuff okay so i know she wants me to do more housework and look more like ryan reynolds but that's not the point i'm making she's read these notes by the um as a christian couple i don't feel indebted to Hannah that I need to keep paying her back for her to love me more and I don't feel like I should do stuff so that Hannah will love me more. I do nice things, I empty the dishwasher because I want plates, uh, no, um, I do nice, I empty the dishwasher, I go to the gym so that I might one day look like Ryan Reynolds or The Rock um, 
never mind. But, the, but I do these things because I love her, not to get her to love me more. Um, and I want to serve her, and I want her to be happy, but I don't, it's not that I'm trying to buy her love. I'm doing these things because I'm having a, I have a relationship, I want Hannah to be happy, so um, I, I can't be lazy and complacent, but I know my works won't make Hannah, or if we apply this to God, because that's probably a good thing to do, um, won't make God love me anymore. Um, and that's the thing we can try and, try and do, is we try and kind of, you know, d- d- we try and sort of buy, you know, earn God's, God's love. So the good thing is, because Jesus paid it all for us, um, we can't earn our way into the good books. Um, there's a guy called Philip Yancey, who I just, I knew the quote, but I didn't know the person, so I, I haven't read any books. I don't want people to think that I'm <laughs> really clever. Um, but he said, you know, no one thinks I'm really clever. Um, so Philip Yancey put, there is nothing we can do to make God love us more, and there is nothing we can do to make God love us less. And I think particularly busy December up to Christmas, etc. this is a really good thing to, you know, crochet onto a pillowcase for all your non-Christian friends. You know, there's nothing we can do that will make God love us more. So we can't add to stuff, and there's nothing so bad that means God will love us um, less. So throughout the Bible, there are examples and patterns of how we should go about life in a kind of focused way. Um, we could do a whole series on it, but we're not going to. We might do. But here's one example. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find it. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Let's highlight that, computer. There we go. Um, so ask, seek, and knock. So if we ask, it will be given to you. Seek, not. When you ask, you receive. When you seek, you find. When you knock, the door's open. And this is, going back to our whole point here, is this is about God wanting us to do something. And again, it's, it's not that we're going to earn our way to God, but it's more, you know, God is saying, if you do this, I'll do that. And it's being an active relationship um, between us. Um, so, the last one, we just do it. This is faith. This is, you know, this is, this is we pray about it, we seek God's will, and we, we do it when we haven't got any kind of concrete example of it's definitely going to be okay. Um, when it comes to our sin, Jesus has paid the price for all of it. We still sin, and we're still tempted, yet we're saved, but not yet transformed. Um, this is because we live in something which, again, a really clever person described as we live in the now um, and the not yet. So this is a cool kind of another Christian thing, you know. So we live now. We live right now, 2019, Faith Church, December the 1st. Um, and um, we live as sinners in a fallen world. So we live in the now, right now. But we also have the promise of the not yet that Jesus will come again and will transform us and our world. So we're kind of in this sort of limbo of like knowing that we are saved, but knowing that we are sinners and, you know, that we, we're not as good as we could be because we haven't actually got to the bit where Jesus comes back yet. Um, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read the Bible yet. Um, so in 1 Corinthians, God says 
that, um, that we see that God lets us be tempted in the, our lives, but with provi- two provision, provisos, provision, whatever, two things. First, we won't be tempted against, um, we won't be tempted beyond our ability, and secondly, he provides a way of escape. So we will be tempted, but God has already provided a way of escape, and you know He's with us. So again, it's it's being active. It's not just sitting back and letting God, um, yeah, do everything, so to speak. So when someone provides a way of escape, we need to take it. Um, we need to do something. Um, there's two examples here. I would say, like in Titanic, when Jack fell off the boat. I think that's how it went. I wasn't really paying attention. Um, and um, there was some door floating about that Kate Winslet was on. Um, had they have shared it, then they would have both survived. Um, and um, <laughs> there's this, yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's how the film went. I'm looking forward to movie March. I'll be doing it then. Um, and there's also that, that, that example where some of the um, you know, the, you probably all know this anyway. A Christian guy um, was sat in his house, and the whole road started flooding. It was going up, going up, going up to the top of his um, top of his house. So he, he went up to the roof. He sat on his roof. The water's coming up, and he prays, "Oh God, please help me! Please save me!" Um, an arm and a lie lifeboat comes along, and says, "Do you want to lift me?" He said, "No, no. God's going to save me." Um, then <laughs> keeps praying. Uh, an arm and a lie helicopter comes along. Says, no, no, God's going to save me. And, um, and then finally the water just gets too much and he dies. And he ends up in heaven. And he said to God, why didn't you save me? He said, well, I sent you a boat and a helicopter. What more do you want? Um, so that's, you know, that can be how we are. Everyone knew that joke, I'm assuming. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, can we end? <laughs> so um, sometimes the reason, this is going back to, just do it, <laughs> like the point I was making, yeah. Sometimes we don't do things at all, or we're cautious because we're scared of rejection, scared of getting it wrong, scared because last time we tried to do it, we failed, scared we're not perfect or someone else could do it better, or we're not called to serve in a particular area, and we may not have the gifting needed. I've got a great example that I used to um, go to university with a, um, a number of people, and there was this girl who went on a missions trip, and she, said, she recalled this story when she came back, where when she was on this missions trip, she was with a group of boys over wherever she was who all loved to play football, and she had no interest in football at all. But she, she says she genuinely had she was able to play football when she was there. <laughs> so, so God had sort of given her this interest and ability in doing something that she wasn't interested in or able to do when she went on this mission trip, which meant that she was able to kind of spend time with these guys and actually play football, you know, and stuff. Not saying girls can't play football, just this. So these, <laughs> so these, these seem like good reasons um, not to do stuff. And, it might be a good example sometimes, you know. Um, you know that, that guy, Einstein, I read this on his Twitter feed, said, um, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. So maybe, you know, if you've tried to cook cakes or mince pies, Craig's mince pies are amazing, much better than the shop-bought um, carrot cakey bought to Life Group. Just putting it out there. Um, but you know, if you can't cook, if you're rubbish at doing something and you keep trying and trying and trying, then yeah, that you need to have wisdom. It's not, I'm not just saying choose something you want to do and keep doing it. Um, but um, we need to take care not to hide behind these things. So, you know, 
yeah, being scared of getting it wrong, scared that people will laugh at us or whatever. I'm, I'm scared that people won't laugh at me. That's my only thing. And, you know, with, with good reason, it seems. Um, right. Only another three pages. No, no, it's fine. Two more things. So application. That's always good, isn't it? Um, sometimes, um, probably oftentimes, we just need to pray, listen to God, and do it. Um, has anyone got a, like a sweepstake of how long I was going to be? Because I think it's been... No, no. <laughs> pray, listen to God, and just get on with it and do stuff. Um, so if you're asked, for example, to start serving in an area of church that you're not feeling particularly equipped for, like maybe cleaning the toilets or something, don't just give up and don't do it. Pray that God would actually give you the gifts to do the, the task. Um, and that's kind of easy because it's you know, if you, if you mess up, it's not necessarily going to be a huge problem because you're in the church and, you know, don't make excuses. It's about making excuses. Don't make excuses. Just do it. Um, if you're scared, someone else will do it better than you. That's another thing. Um, so what? You know, <laughs> pray that God would help you with your sin. And this is a huge sin that I have is fear of man and women, the fear of people, fear of man. Um, is that, you know, oh, they're going to do it better than me, or they're going to think I'm rubbish. I'm not going to bother. Again, it's we hide behind that. Um, and if you're scared of getting it wrong, rejection, failing, pray that God would give us power and trust him and just do it. So um, imagine if we all did that, that would be make quite a difference. You know, in our church, if more people served in more areas, um, and didn't let our own laziness and, and love of comfort is another one for me. It's like, oh, I would go out on a Sunday night, but, you know, I want to stay at home. Um, there's all the people listening to this online will be, uh, they wouldn't have got this far. They'd turn it off by now because they're lazy. Um, imagine the difference in our communities. Here's a great one. If we didn't just use excuses, let us get in the way of doing stuff. So, I, like, so if I, you know, when, I, when it's bin day, I try to avoid my neighbors. I, I wait for them to put their bins out, then I'll put my bins out because I just want to, focus on what I'm doing. I don't want to talk to anyone. But what if we actually allowed our neighbours to kind of disrupt our day and actually spoke to them and invited them to the carol service on the 15th or something? Um, and imagine the differences in our relationships with each other and our marriages if we put other people like intentionally before ourselves and just got on with it and did helpful things to help each other out um, rather than just being lazy and thinking of ourselves. And I'm, talk I'm talking to myself more than anyone else in the room. Um, so there we are. In conclusion then, um, this is a real conclusion. It's not like when preachers say in conclusion there's another six pages. This is actually the last three lines. It's good. Uh, from Luke. No. This, um, so don't, <laughs> don't underdo it. So don't let laziness get in the way. So don't think, oh, God will sort this. You know, don't let laziness get away. Don't underdo it. Don't overdo it and let religious perfection hold us back. So, and don't feel like, oh, I've got to read the Bible every day. I've got to do all this stuff. Um, but just do it and just pray. Trust God and just do it. So um, let's pray to finish then. That's a good idea. Thanks. <laughs>